When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is More Than Amused Podcast. My name is Sadie. And I'm Stani, and happy November. I can't believe we're already in November. End of the year. Here yeah. we are. <laughs> well, today on this episode, we are doing a pop culture type episode. We sprinkle these in every now and then because, I mean, I love talking about pop music and especially I love talking about what Taylor Swift is doing. Of course. But we'll tie it in to the other things. I guess. We've had some new listeners, new people who have joined the podcast. And if you are new, yes, we are very big Taylor Swift fans. One of the very first episodes we ever did, episode 13, was a Taylor Swift episode. There's Mm -hmm. two parts of that. So if you want to scroll back to all the way to the beginning of More Than Amuse, you can get the whole rundown of everything I feel about Taylor Swift. But granted, as we were recording that episode was in Evermore. Like I remember part one came out. Yes. And then in between us recording part one and part two, Evermore came out. And so we had to like, yeah, we recorded (laughs) like three times for that one because we had to hop on and discuss Evermore before we like put the episode up. It was perfect timing, though, because now like other than the re-records, she hasn't had another album come out until now. So yeah, kind of timed it all perfectly. Mm hmm. We're talking about three albums. We're talking about. Because three different albums by three pop icons dropped on the same day. Yes. And they're all really good albums. It's Carly Rae Jepsen's <laughs> The Loneliest Time. <laughs> then we've got Megan Trainer with Taking It Back. And then Taylor Swift with Midnight's. So it's been a wonderful little trifecta of pop music. Yeah, if you're a pop fan and a pop girly fan, this has been your time to shine for music because you have plenty to listen to i i feel bad for anyone who had released music for example carly ray jepson and megan trader like sharing a release date with the taylor swift i mean that is potentially really <laughs> rough so although to be fair both of them are doing phenomenally well on their own yes like mm-hmm. obviously like neither in the top 10 which we'll talk about <laughs> why but yeah. um like they both have tiktok trends surrounding their songs and they're yeah, still they're doing killing it really well all things considered so it's still mm-hmm. like not that bad there were a couple of things i wanted to talk about or just two pop culture moments i guess before we dive into our thoughts on each of the album so Megan Trainer made a TikTok that I thought was so funny. And it was like before she went on Jimmy Fallon or something, I think, where she had <laughs> it said like when three pop girlies release albums on the same day and on the couch there is Midnight's Carly's and her album, like the mm-hmm. vinyls on a couch. And then she's doing the trend with Carly Rae Jepsen songs. And it's like, and I'm coming back for you, baby. <laughs> and I thought that was so sweet and such like a just simple way to be, hey, like, you know, I'm supporting everyone. And I thought it was really sweet. There were other TikToks because the 
day that Taylor Swift was on Jimmy Fallon, Megan Trainer was also on Fallon. And mm-hmm. like there's videos of the two of them interacting backstage and like Taylor like shouting good luck to her. And then there's a like, picture of them that that I think it's so cute. Like Megan Trainer is like fangirling of like, oh her my gosh, I am with Taylor Swift. Interview. I watched that interview and literally the entire interview she just was like, I can't calm down. Taylor Swift is here. <laughs> Like, she you can tell she's just such a huge fan which, which makes mood sense. like but yeah it was just cute and speaking of tiktok like megan trainer has been killing it on tiktok she is everywhere mm-hmm. regardless of how popular midnight's is oh like, she's been killing it really really has yeah um, she's everywhere still i feel like megan trainer is like a perfect example of how a celebrity could like how they can use TikTok to their benefit and have it still feel genuine. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, Because like I have no nothing against Megan Trainor by any means, but I don't really listen to her music, which I guess you think that I would because generally I'm a big fan of, you know, like the cheesy girly pop music, but I just never really listen to her stuff beyond like the main hits that like you can't escape. But like listening to her and watching her tiktoks like it's i really like her she seems like such a lovely person and so i think she's like been able to use social media in a way because i think people maybe don't get megan trainer because the songs really are very over the top and very like Mm -hmm. hyper feminine and cheesy and so i think it's been a good way to like see her and be like oh this is just her personality like she's just she's just having fun so who can be a hater when she's like i don't know this lovely you know what i mean yes so i completely agree And I mean, when you think of like the first song that ever went viral for her, like all about that bass, yeah, it just like completely fits her brand, right? Of like everything, just Mm -hmm. very like over the top, cheesy, like self-confident pop music. Yeah. And no wonder it does so great on TikTok. Like it's perfect for that platform. (laughs) Literally, it was funny. Right before we started recording, I told Jordan what the episode was going to be about. And I was singing the like, I can have my makeup on. And then (laughs) Jordan was like, wow, like we can't escape that song, can we? And I was like, no, it's everywhere and it's doing very good. (laughs) But Um, I like it. It's a cute song. It is. It's very cute. Uh, I was just going to say like Taking It Back is her fifth album. Of course, it was released on that same day. And it's part of the doo-wop genre, which I wanted to bring up really quickly. So obviously Megan Trainor did not invent doo-wop, like duh. It was invented by African-American culture in the 1940s. But when she came out with her first like debut album and like all about Uh that bass and everything, it was the first time that doo-wop came back into like pop music in like a major way. And she's done a few albums that were like more pop, less doo-wop. And then last when she was on The Tonight Show, she talked about how she went in to start her album with her producer. And her producer was like, oh, yeah, people keep coming in and asking me to do the Megan Trainer sound. And she was like, Megan Trainer sound? And then she was like, wait, do you mean doo-wop? And she was like, I didn't invent that. But basically, the whole point of, like, taking it back and, like, everything was this uh-huh. idea of, like, going back to her roots of, like, her doo-wop music that she started out with and, like, doing basically what everyone knows her for. And why everyone's been that's trying cool to yeah so i thought it was kind of cool that the whole yeah and like it. hearing that song like, it sounds like a mega trainer song yes and even like yeah. all of the songs on it they are very very clearly 
doo-wop like <laughs> mega traders yeah. yeah i was so surprised to listen to the album and to find that the opening track was an acapella song that like featured one of the guys from pentatonics mm-hmm. i was like oh this is the kind of album it is and i was like this is so like it's just fun you know the whole thing is so fun like even her mama wanna wombo with Natty Natasha <laughs> yeah. and Arturo Sandoval. It's like just uh-huh. like a little like Mambo song. Like reminds, reminds me of like jamming to Mambo number five when I was like 11, you know? <laughs> it's just yeah. so cute and like perfect and fun. I, I love it. And I, like I love it too. Going back to TikTok, she in her mm-hmm. music video, which is like one of the top watched music videos for Meiji Look. Yeah. She literally threw in so many TikTok stars that it's probably impossible yeah. to count them all. She has Jojo Siwa. She has Chris, who's a TikTok influencer that she's basically adopted at this point. He's in everything. Yeah. Well, and I remember when I first saw them and TikToks together, I was like, is this a marketing scheme? But I actually feel like they're genuinely friends. And that's what's so fun about it. Yeah. She literally did a TikTok where someone commented and they were like, does Chris basically live at your house now? And she like went and opened the door and he's like in his bed watching Megan Trainer TikToks. And she's like, <laughs> Good night, Chris. And he's like, Good night, love you. <laughs> she like shuts the door. <laughs> and it's probably fun because like obviously if you have someone who blew up on TikTok, he mm-hmm. can tell her, like, no, this will work. Like yes. this is funny. This is something that people will resonate with. And so like I mean, not to be like, wow, it's a great thing she's taking advantage of him, but like she's smart to listen to him is exactly. then what I'll say. And it's genius. Like, can you imagine having basically like a TikTok influencer with you filming your TikToks when you go and do stuff as well? Mm-hmm. Like that is yeah. so smart because <laughs> then the cross yeah. promotion is phenomenal too because then everyone who follows him is going to go see her and like... And is everyone going to be like, wow, this... TikTok influencer is like liking this old pop star that I kind of forgot about, which when I was looking up stuff about the album, I was like, wait a minute, because I was like, oh, wow, it's her first album in a long time. But then I looked at her Spotify and realized that she's literally put out albums in 2021 and 2020. And I was like, wow, well, this shows just how much it really did for her as far as like relevancy goes. Where I, as a casual Mac and Trainer fan, I had no idea that she had put out albums. Me like You know, I thought the... In my head, I was like, oh, I bet the last one she probably did was in like 2017. Mm, Nope. It was Mm -hmm. a couple years ago. So I know that I had heard a lot of the singles from it, but like. That's true. I probably did. I just didn't like realize it was like a part of a new project Mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, definitely. Because I didn't. I have never like sat down and like listened to a whole Megan Trainor album in a while. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I know it's her first since she had her little baby who is so adorable. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And she's Uh married to the kid from Spy Kids. Which is something I just (laughs) like that is just so funny. Like, I can't get over that. (laughs) So, I mean, she's just got virality like written all over it. Like, she is primed to be like a TikTok star. She's done TikToks with like JoJo Siwa, obviously with Chris. And then I saw one today. So, this was like the most (laughs) random thing I think I've ever seen. So, (laughs) you know who uh, the guy who is in Gossip Girl? What's his name? Pen Pen Badgley. Yes. And then you know who you. Elise Myers is, right? Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Uh-huh. So Elise Myers filmed herself mm-hmm. doing the like made you look dance. And then mm-hmm. she got duetted. So Elise Myers filmed herself doing the made you look dance. And then Pen Badgley mm-hmm. duetted it and did it with her. 
and the comments both, that was so like literally funny. so random the comments both were like it looks like my invite got li- lost to the music video because there were so many people from like tiktok <laughs> and like casual celebrities and stuff in it and so Penn badgley is like doing this uh-huh. dance with her like what the heck obviously it went viral megan trainer commented on it and then megan trainer i think it was today yeah two hours ago she posted with elise myers together doing the dance so she like literally that's went. so cute and yeah and i love that she's leaning into it because it makes it fun and it makes it feel like the celebrities want to be a part of something with culture you know what i mean mm-hmm. i saw this tiktok the other day that i wanted to bring up where they were kind of like talking about it doesn't feel like there's any big celebrities anymore and the reason why is the girl was like well it doesn't feel like any of them really care and mm-hmm. she was like the first time that i saw one direction she, it was the early hours of some new show in new york she was like they were freezing because their stylist did not know how to dress them oh, for no. new york winters because they're from the uk and she was like they were clearly so miserable but they did everything in their power to put on a good show because they wanted to do that for us you know because they knew that there would be there would be fans there that would appreciate it and that was almost just like the the culture i guess of like doing all that you can to you know like I don't know promote yourself but then they were comparing that to nowadays where it feels like any musician or celebrity will just like bemoan and whine about making tiktoks and they will like that's their whole stick on tiktok is them just being like uh like i hate that i have to do this my label's making me do this and from one hand i can sympathize with the music artist because personally it sucks that i feel like in order to you know have a successful music successful music career I have to like become a content creator because personally that's not (laughs) yeah because like (laughs) I'm not necessarily amazing at content creation I'm just you know figuring it out but at the same time I think it's why Megan Trainor is coming across so likable because she's not acting too cool for it she's Mm -hmm. not acting above it it's just a different way of promoting in the way that they always have been doing and like I said I think that maybe is what turns people off to like these newer pop people is because they're complaining about doing things that it's like I thought you wanted this. If this is really your dream, you would make TikToks if you had to. You know what I mean? And it and it's such an easy way to connect with people who care about your music. And I think Megan Trainor is just doing it perfectly. So and I feel like she set a perfect formula for what anyone could do. Go find a TikTok creator who adores you, invite them over to your house, and if you vibe, adopt them. Like, there's, <laughs> like, it's not that hard. If Chris was a genuine fan of her, I'm sure he mm-hmm. was like, wait, the person I love, like, wants to make a TikTok with me? Maybe that's how it started. Maybe it didn't start, out, like, them being friends. Maybe she he, she was like, oh, he's a fan. And, I think like, that would happened, probably be beneficial for me. Do you follow Chris at all? I don't, I think I do. I, I see him on that's my For okay. You page all yeah, the time. Yeah, he's there all least. the time. So he has this thing where, like, people message him and ask for him to bring them a coffee. And then, like, he shows himself, like, flying on the plane and everything. And he's done it with quite a few famous people where they're just like, hey, Chris, bring me a coffee. I'm in New York City in Times Square. And he's like, I'm in L.A. And they're like, I have a show by five. Like, see you soon. (laughs) And, like, take a coffee and, like, go on the plane and, like, bring them a coffee. So I think it might have started like that. And then they just ended up, like, hanging out and really hit it off. So it could be something as like easy as that. And then you end up having like a built-in content creator. Yeah. Yeah. And and here's the thing too. It's like if you hate content creation and it doesn't come naturally, 
find someone who can do it, you know, yeah. and then have them help you. You're famous. It can't be literally. That hard. <laughs> I was like, you literally yeah, have a whole marketing team. <laughs> that is the thing that drives me crazy about legit already established celebrities like complaining mm-hmm. about it. It's like you are guaranteed to go viral because yes. it's a celebrity doing something. And mm-hmm. here's the thing. It only works, in my opinion, if they don't act like they're too cool to be there. Like, I hate the ones that are like, I guess we're on TikTok now. Yeah. And I'm like, no, just I don't know. I think Lizzo has done it well. Yes. Doja Cat Even did Charlie it well for Poof, a while. Like he had a yeah. clip on The Tonight Show where he was like, OK, let's make a sound. And he like recorded uh-huh. like smacking a cup with a spoon and like did a sound mix right there. And it's like he does that on his yeah. TikTok. He makes fun of himself for doing it. Like embrace it. It's exactly. weird. But like we're all there. <laughs> Even Selena Gomez, like when she makes TikToks, they're just like random TikTok audios that she lip syncs. Like yep. it's just it, they make it seem like they're just having fun with it, even mm-hmm. though like obviously it's a part of their brand strategy, but like they're not acting too cool for it. And it's just amazing. Yeah. And it doesn't annoy me as much as as it could annoy me. Agreed. So, yeah, I think she's like the queen of TikTok right now. She's doing phenomenal. And I feel like it's a good celebrity blueprint for how you could it end is. up making one of your albums way more popular than yeah. it would have been otherwise. And I was going to say, it's still doing really well. The first single of um, her album was Bad For Me that was released in June. Oh, okay. um, it's kind of more mm-hmm. of a slower, like, well, like ballad type song. So obviously it didn't go as viral as Made You Look. But Made You Look has been on the U.S. Billboard one, Hot 100 and is in, I think, the top 40 Oh, wow. That's cool. So it's still doing really well. Like, obviously, Taylor Swift's got the yeah, first absolutely. top 10 lockdown. One of the biggest songs. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. it is doing really well, and it is like a viral sound on TikTok. Like, I'd say it's probably one of the most number one sounds being used on TikTok right now. So, Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely viral. There's 600,000 videos with the sound. Yes. So. so, I mean, yeah, that's, I don't know how much more viral you can get. I mean, yeah. obviously you can't, but like it's very popular. <laughs> yeah. Transitioning on to Carly Rae Jepsen. So yes. I wanted to start out, I thought it was so funny. And this is an ex- another example of almost like not using humor, but like kind of. So <laughs> there's a video that I saw on Twitter a couple weeks before her album came out and it was her on tour. And basically it was like, my album comes out October 21st. And if you forget, just remember, it's the same day as Taylor Swift's album. (laughs) And the whole crowd cheered. And originally, like, the person who shared it was like, oh, Carly Rae Jepsen shading Taylor Swift. And everyone was like, I don't think she's shading. I think she's just being funny. Because if you are an artist of her level, like you know people care more about Taylor Swift's album, most generally speaking. And I think it was just funny that she embraced it and was like, hey, everybody, please don't forget about me. I I, I thought it was a funny video. I thought it was just funny. She was like, well, you've already got this date written down, so just don't forget mine's coming out too. Remember mine by association. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So really, really funny. I didn't think it was shade. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and also her song is going pretty viral on TikTok yes. right now, or was at least a couple weeks ago. I think it still is. Um, and it will probably come back. She just has this really fun vocal part in the title track. Mm-hmm. And the song is so much fun. First off, like, I know just, it's just like this fun, like pop, like song. It- I really like Carly Rae Jepsen because I love the cheesy pop music. Like this is my kind of 
music. And I think that it's so fun that she like leans into the camp of it. And yes. I think that's something her and Megan Trainer have in common, obviously, mm-hmm. is they are seeing how cheesy and over the top pop can be. And they are just saying, yes, like, let's fully embrace it and not be ashamed of it, you know? Agreed. And it's a great time. It features Rufus Wainwright. And the music video was also really cute, if you've seen it. It was so cute. Yeah, Uh she went like totally like new age space and like everything looks like it's on like a children's movie set, like made out of like (laughs) cardboard and (laughs) claymation almost. It's really cute. I've seen some funny kind of TikToks of just people saying things like, oh, I'm like disappointed in this song. I went back and listened to it and it sounds nothing like this part of the song. And then I've seen other people respond to that in saying it's a bridge. Like that's what a bridge in a song is. It's not supposed to sound like the rest of the song because it's a bridge yeah. and I it made me realize that I'm like oh yeah like a lot of the pop songs nowadays there's not bridges that are like that you know different from the rest of the song and so I just thought it was funny and it's interesting that like the bridge is what went viral you normally think that the chorus because that's generally the catchiest part mm-hmm. you know or something would go viral and I love that it was the bridge that that did in this song i know and it's a really fun bridge i wanted to read this thing from a vogue article that she did or a vogue interview kind of about the tour and going back to how you said like her music video is all kinds of cute and campy okay so i'm just gonna read this a little bit so it's mm-hmm. before carly ray jepson takes the stage each night on her so nice tour she has a special guest greet the audience flanked by cotton candy clouds and twinkling stars an animated moon with pursed lips and piercing blue eyes appears on the video and quote i know all your secrets so if you need to escape tonight i offer you escapism it declares in jepson's fluttery tone more than anything i offer you a safe place to feel whatever it is you need to feel as the moon went on to lay expectations for the evening the sold out crowd at jepson recent Radio City music hall performance could barely contain itself. If it all felt gloriously over the top, a little bit corny and completely Carly. And then quote, I don't know if I would have had the confidence to do something that silly when I was younger. Jepsen tells Vogue on a recent video call. Now I have no problem storming into a production meeting and saying, I want to have a talking moon mascot narrate the tour and tell everybody that it's okay to cry. I and love that. I loved that. <laughs> It's a fun album. Like, I was trying to mm-hmm. listen to it to like, write down standouts. And yeah. honestly, like, it's kind of hard because I don't think any of them, like, get stuck in my head. But, like, I genuinely like every song. When I was going through yeah. and I was, like, trying to write, like, okay, like, I like this one, but I don't like this one. And I didn't feel that way. I feel like it's just a really fun pop album. I almost wish it would have come out in, like, June or something. I feel like yeah. it's going to be perfect for next summer. You Agreed. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Especially, like, Joshua Tree. She, like, writes about California. Yeah. And, like... She yeah. has a lot... Like, there's a song called Beach House, and there's a song like, Western Wind. Mm-hmm. It feels like it belongs to be played June in the desert. Agreed. Now, it's still good music. Definitely. But I think I'm going to enjoy it even more than I do <laughs> in the summertime. I guess, as the bridge says... I'm coming back to you, baby. <laughs> I'm coming yeah. back to you. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Oh, also, that Vogue article was honestly really good. I copied and pasted a ton over and I'm not going to read everything from it. But she talks about how like she wrote The Loneliest Time during COVID-19. Mm. She like lost a loved one. A relationship ended. Her family was in Canada, so she couldn't visit them. So I guess truly was The Loneliest Time. And I, I kind of like that almost like, that the aftermath of a very sad time of her life is this like glittery fun 
pop yeah. album and i'm sure, sure if you would like analyze the lyrics it's probably sad lyrics kind of like disguised in like peppy synths and you know shimmery sparkles and everything but i thought it was kind of cool to like get that background of where the album came from and i wanted to read this one more little quote if that's okay from the vogue article mm-hmm. that i really really loved because obviously carly ray jepsen blew up because of call me maybe which was an iconic song still and- is <laughs> It, it, it still is. And this says, when Call Me Maybe hit number one, Jepsen felt obligated to capitalize on the moment because she had this idea there was only a short amount of time to have a career in pop. She had already seen some of her favorite singers lose their cultural relevance by the time they turned 25. Mm-hmm. When I was a little girl who first dreamed of a career in music, I felt the pressure of time not being on my side, Jepsen says. In my mind, I imagined I would have to retire by the time I got to the age I am now. But I think it's so nice to feel like I'm finally starting to shed that idea and then it says Jepsen will celebrate her 37th birthday next month most likely at home with her boyfriend and her cat Jupiter she's currently touring her favorite show she's ever put on in support of her favorite album that she's ever made so far and I just thought that was such a beautiful you know sentiment and that's something we've talked a lot about on the podcast and I was telling someone the other week like my favorite genre of music is pop stars in their 30s mm-hmm. because I think that as a society we're becoming more aware of like, just, like how gross it is to demand that you know to say that women can only be hot or put on a show or you know that we only care about them culturally when they're in their 20s and like Carly Rae Jepsen, Taylor Swift, all of these women, they're all like yes. in their 30s. Like Carly Rae Jepsen's almost 40. And that's another thing too. It's like she's almost 40 and she's dressing up like this and like, having these aesthetics. And I I don't know, it's just like nice to see that you don't have to grow out of that. Like you can just embrace it and just keep having fun and be juvenile if that brings you joy. And Definitely. I don't know, just big fan of her. No, I think it was very telling in like Taylor Swift's Tonight Show interview where she was like, I'm... 34 like usually people put pop stars out to the pasture by now like I'm just happy to be here and it was like are you kidding me like any of us are gonna turn down new music from you but like (laughs) history hasn't been kind to women who reach their Mm -hmm. 30s and I think it's wonderful that like we're kind of reaching a point where we don't really care about their age anymore like we're just like yeah Yeah. whatever like write about marriage like write about your kid we don't care just keep releasing music like I just want to (laughs) keep knowing what you have to say and I want to keep enjoying it yeah Yeah. I totally agree and so it's a nice switch and I feel like honestly Taylor Swift is one of those artists like she could keep releasing music until she dies and we'll all keep listening like (laughs) and I have a feeling that that is her exact plan (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that's okay with everyone so it's kind of nice it's nice to reach a point where I feel like we're not pushing people to retirement quicker just because we're like oh you're old now you know they're not culturally relevant anymore Mm -hmm. it shows that like you do still have to adapt as an artist like for example Megan Trainer, she is adapting to the culture in a way to continue being relevant but she's not having to sacrifice her own artistry in the meantime she's just taking advantage of new means of marketing and capitalizing on it and I think that's what Carly Rae Jepsen did that's what Taylor Swift has done I mean I think Taylor Swift is the blueprint for a lot of things Mm -hmm. this is one of them of you know not being afraid of like new means of promoting yourself and things like that so I yeah I just love her and it's validating to me too because like I sometimes have to battle the insecurity of like I'm 25 am I too old when it's like no 25 is so young and it's never 
it's never too late. And I'm a very firm believer in that. And it's nice that we are now starting to see examples of that in pop culture of women with children, married, you know, and now almost like hitting their prime. I I think it's a really beautiful, amazing thing to see. I agree. I love it very much. And it'll be nice as well for other artists who may be feeling some of that pressure and insecurity to seize the success Mm -hmm. of these three. I mean, Megan Trainor is only 28, yeah. but like she still is in her later 20s. She's, but, like, you know, ma- yeah. married with child at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you've got like Ariana Grande and Selena Gomez and a lot of others that are reaching their upper 20s, early 30s. And it's nice for them. And to they're not know slowing down. That like they're not going to yeah. be the only one that's doing it if they continue to write. Yeah. You know? So we're going to take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists. Okay, so for today's spotlight is someone that truthfully I might have spotlighted before, but it's relevant and I still like her stuff. So we're doing it again. But this is a friend of mine actually that I've met via TikTok and her name is Emily Kelly and you can find her designs at E. Kelly Design. Oh yeah, I just saw her stuff she's been doing. Mm-hmm. I was and I was gonna say I wanted to bring her up because she's been doing something really really fun with midnights she originally went viral or like grew a following I guess on TikTok because she was doing illustrations for every single Taylor Swift song and has been doing that I don't know if she ever like if she officially hit that every single Taylor Swift song she um, did like a week okay, before cool. midnight came out I think she finally finished all of them that's so fun I I wasn't sure so now the way she's been introducing her midnight's illustrations is she's been doing the bingo ball thing similar to what Taylor Swift did and it's been really really fun and she was also really really sweet because to promote it she reached out to me and asked if she could send me a package and so she sent me a little kit with some of the stickers that she's done and she sent me the mastermind design before and so I got to kind of see it the day of and also it was like so cute too she said she had listened to my EP and matched it to illustrations that she had done for different Taylor Swift songs and so for my song Welcome to the Opera she said that it gave her the vibes of this is why we can't have things Mm. for my song um I think it was oh I can't remember which one it was it might have been like soulmate she did wildest dreams that i thought was cool and so it was really fun and really thoughtful and sweet that she did that and all of her designs are fun the stickers are awesome and just the prints if you're looking for a fun way to you know design what you're doing i now have a meet me at midnight sticker on my laptop and i yeah i love it cute so yeah go check out e kelly design perfect I have another one. She's actually followed by E. Kelly Design. So there you go. A little crossover. Oh, there we go. Another Swifty artist. But you know what? We love that. I love it. It's been all over my timeline. Her name is Madeline Junger. I think is how you'd say her last name. On Instagram, okay. she's found under the Whimsy Committee. Um, oh, amazing. Yes. So the Whimsy <gasps> Committee Ooh. on Instagram. But then she's Madison Junger on TikTok which is where I found her. But she has done poster designs for Taylor Swift songs I and Harry Styles. These. And they're kind of in this fun, like, retro. Like, I don't know exactly what era this is. Yeah. Forgive me, graphic design professors. It's probably, like, Art Deco for a lot of them. But she's done... I was going to say, I'm getting the Art Deco vibes yes. for sure. But she did Bejeweled. She did Karma. She's done Maroon. And I'm trying to think what the other one was. I love she also had just recently done the Lucky Ones, uh, yeah. which was, like, really cute. And 
she did a ton for Harry Styles. And then she also has mm-hmm. some like other fun fan art ones for like Gilmore Girls and other stuff. They're just cute and fun. And she has an Etsy shop. So you can like go buy all of her stuff and decorate your house and everything. No, I, oh, I love these. I know she said that commissions are closed, but I'm like, well, when they're open, I want you to do one for me for clean if you don't Ooh. already have one. And I am now looking. Oh, yeah. At her anti-hero one also just came out and I love it. She has the ghosts oh. peeking out in the monster on the hill and then like Taylor Swift peeking out of the coffin. It looks like almost like a um, a movie poster. What's the word? A movie poster. But for like who did the rear window? A Hitchcock. Oh, film. yeah, it does. It looks like a Hitchcock mm-hmm. film. Love it. Yes. I am obsessed with these. I love it yes they're cute i also love that you're a cowboy like me they're just fun like definitely go check them all out they're so cute and fun and they would make adorable wall art they really really would even though you need to calm down one it makes me like that song more because Mm -hmm. that print is so cute i know they're fun nothing against that song it's just you know least like she also did illicit affairs oh i'm obsessed with these I know. I really what want to get one. What a fun style. Amazing. Well, yeah, go check her out, everybody. Yes, definitely check her out. All right, now back to the show. Well, are we ready to move on to Midnight's? Yeah, I mean, okay. I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we can talk about Taylor Swift's new album. Okay, Fine. cool. <laughs> I'm going to try and speed read all of the records that have been broken. Please do. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I love that you copied all of those over. <laughs> well, it felt like every minute since she released the album, they were like, new record, new record. And I was like, new record, what is new happening? Record. <laughs> uh-huh. Speaking of women not you know hitting their prime now (laughs) and like oh and also i have to say both me and you were in the 0.1 percent of the first listeners on spotify right yes so well actually technically i was one percent but also my spotify glitched oh fair so i could not listen to midnights for the first 10 minutes and i was freaking out annoyed i got really lucky i was on my parents wi-fi and they pay for premium and <laughs> I hit that play oh. and I was in literally Spotify. I was looking up Taylor Swift on Spotify and it was like just showing me the red Taylor's version album. Anyways, yes. read these lyrics. Records. I mean, not the lyrics. You know what I mean? Records. <laughs> Taylor Swift <laughs> is the first artist in history to occupy the entire top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100. This is absolutely insane. It is. It is insane. What the heck? The only person that's ever come close to that was Drake. He actually had uh-huh. nine songs in the top 2021 billboard hot 100 with his Uh album certified lover boy it's weird how often drake comes up in this because i don't think i've ever listened to a single drake song (laughs) so it's like um it's surprising how many records i honestly he's apparently had i don't listen to drake yeah i was like (laughs) okay because he's everywhere in this like she beat a lot of drake's records it also is the first time in history that no male artists appeared in the top one top 10 ever which also crazy absolutely it kind of made me sad that that's never happened with like 10 different women hopefully that because well, be i know record. for a fact that there has been many times that no women have been exactly in. so yeah i don't know like i was happy for taylor but i was like a little sad that only like one woman was able to do that whereas like we can't just like i fully agree get at a time organically when anyway hopes for the future yeah. um okay so Taylor Swift is now the woman with the most top 10 hits in the charts history. 
She claims 40 top 10 hits throughout her career, surpassing Madonna's 38. Madonna. I didn't know this. Okay. And among all acts, so men and women included, she trails only Drake, who has 59. So literally, like, what? One more album and she'll have (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she's going to do it. She now ties Ariana Grande for the most number one song debuts among women. They both arrived atop the Billboard Hot 100 five times but they're now tied with BTS for the second most instant chart toppers in history, trailing Drake's seven. So wow, Midnight's is the first album ever to earn so many top 10 hits. That's with the 10 songs that are in the top 100, Antihero, Lavender, Haze, Maroon, Snow on the Beach, Midnight Rain, Bejeweled, Question, You're on Your Own Kid, Karma, and Vigilante. And I'm not going to swear, but we all know what the title is. And in <laughs> fact, all 20 songs from the extended version of Midnight's debuted at the Hot 100 with Dear Reader, earning the lowest entry at number 45. That's not even that low. <laughs> that, is, that is crazy. <laughs> and I thought this is funny. She now has 188 charting hits throughout her career, passing Little Wayne for the third most, trailing Drake at 278, and the Glee cast at 27. Why does the Glee wow. cast have 207 chart hits? I guess, I mean, we did an episode talking about Leah Michelle and Glee. Maybe we are like underestimating just the cultural impact. Apparently yeah. so. Midnight's is already the best selling album of 2022 by far. And for anyone who's thinking, oh, it's probably a little bit close, not even. <laughs> it has 1.578 million equivalent album units earned in the United States, the biggest debut sales week for any album since Adele's 25 in 2015, and the first to sell more than 1 million copies in a single week since Swift's own reputation in 2017. She beat her own record. Also, I'm just going to say this real quick. Some people are like, well, of course, there's four versions of the album. Um, Okay. Taylor Swift is not the only one doing things like that, Mm -hmm. offering multiple editions. And also, she offered multiple versions of Evermore and Folklore and Lover. Yes. So, like, it didn't work for Lover, and it didn't work for these other ones. Like, no, this time something hit in a way that it hasn't before. Yes. So, I will not take that excuse. And also, I get that it's like, sure... Like, same people are buying the same version of the same album. I have purchased two versions of Midnight's. I got a vinyl and I bought the CD. But, like, if you have a dedicated fan base who is willing to do that and you have positioned yourself where it's, like, it's basically collecting a collector's item before it becomes a collector's item. Like, at this point, you've still earned the number one. It's still a huge, crazy deal that you did that. Definitely. It doesn't matter if people have purchased it multiple times. (laughs) I agree. She's also the only artist in history with five albums that have sold over one million copies in one week. Wow. Um, She sold Speak Now Red, 1989 Reputation, and Midnight's with over a million copies in each week. The Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, and Eminem only have two that have done that. Wow. She also now ties Barbara Streisand for the most number one albums among women, which we mentioned in our Funny Girl episode. Yeah. I think that Barbara Streisand had the most number one albums among women. Now Taylor Swift is tied with her. I'm sorry. This is just insane. I honestly <laughs> can't imagine a world where Taylor Swift releases an album and it doesn't go number one immediately. Yes. It's her to be honest. 11th <laughs> number one album, including nine of her official studio releases, 
all except her debut album, Taylor Swift, and both of her re-recordings, Fearless and Red, Taylor's version. Although she ties Streisand for number one albums overall, she is the first female artist to have 11 albums debut at the top spot of the Billboard 200 and is the sixth act in Billboard history with more than 10 number one albums joining The Beatles, Jay-Z, Drake, Bruce Springsteen, and Barbara Streisand. Insane. <laughs> it is insane. And guys, the Beatles aren't that far ahead. They're only at 19. She's at 11. So. <laughs> oh, she'll get there. Yeah. Swift is the only artist in history to debut a song at number one and an album at number one simultaneously on four separate occasions. So that would be Cardigan oh. from Folklore, Willow from Evermore, All Too Well Taylor's version from Red, and now Antihero from Midnight's. The only other acts yeah. that have been able to do that were BTS, who did it once in 2020, and Drake twice in 2020 and 2021. It also broke wow. the modern era record for single week vinyl sales in the United States. Yeah. Um, this is one that I think is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Harry Styles set a record with Harry's house previously this year, right? That came out this year? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. With 182,000 copies sold in the first week. <laughs> she didn't just beat this record. She obliterated it. <laughs> She sold half a million, 575,000 vinyl copies of Midnight's in the first week of release. I cannot believe that. (laughs) It was not just casually beating his record. She like five times did. Most of the albums that she sold, like not most, but like a good portion were vinyl. That's crazy. I'm just like, that is insane. Wow. Um, Like, I'm sure everyone saw Midnight's became Spotify's most streamed album in a single day, with the streaming record of the album being 184.6 million streams. And the previous one before that was 153 million global streams by Drake, Certified Lover Boy. (laughs) She also broke the record for the most streamed artist in a single day in Spotify history, with up to 228 million Spotify streams. She also was the first to cross 35 billion streams across her catalog out of all female artists in Spotify history. Snow on the Beach featuring Lana Del Rey broke the record for most single day streams for an all female collaboration on Spotify, which Mm -hmm. is also another thing that feels a little bit bittersweet to me. But it got over 15 million Spotify streams within the first day of release, surpassing the record that was previously held by Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande from Rain On Me. And then (laughs) Midnight's also earned the biggest streaming week for any album by a woman with 549.26 million official streams in its debut week, a number bested only by Drake for his album Scorpion and Certified Lover Boy, which are in the 700 millions. So insane. Wow. Like literally absolutely crazy. The vinyl record one like makes my jaw drop because what the heck? Yo, 500,000. I like, I saw that. <laughs> I forgot it was by that much of a lines- landslide. I thought yeah. it, for, my, for some reason my brain it was like 250,000 or something like that. But like 500,000 is crazy. Half a million crazy. vinyl sales. I just, what? Um, I'd have no idea. That's insane. Yeah. And I was just going to say that like Midnight's has definitely reached like probably, it's probably in my top three. I've been like trying to decide, but it's definitely up there. I really, really like it. And then part of me was like, why is this like hitting so hard for everyone? Like, why is everyone obsessed with this album? Like, yes, it's Taylor Swift, but like Lover didn't happen. And I like literally Googled like, why is Midnight so good? And literally a bunch of people (laughs) have just said that like it feels... (laughs) <laughs> they said it feels like a trip 
like a, a drug trip, but that one that's like yeah. everyone's in on. And for some reason, it's like addictive in a way that like you just can't it stop is addictive. listening to it. What's so funny is I remember the day that the album came out, I saw a lot of TikToks of people being like, oh, I was kind of disappointed. You know, it wasn't what I thought it was. But I think it's because a lot of people were hoping or thinking it was going to be another version of Folklore Evermore. Mm. But after that first day, I didn't see one negative thing about the album. And then I started seeing videos of people being like, Taylor, I'm so sorry for doubting you. You were right. I can't stop listening. I'm addicted. I can maybe relate to it like because I was shocked. I have a picture that I took of myself the moment I heard (laughs) Lavender Haze for the first time because, you know, it's a very like you hear the synth beats Mm -hmm. and you hear the meet me at midnight and I was like oh my gosh we're getting a pop album again oh yeah my jaw is dropped and I sent it to one of my friends and she was like yes that is my exact reaction (laughs) like it was not what I was expecting I don't think what most people were expecting but I love it I but I love pop Taylor Swift so I'll always love it like 1989 was one of my top favorites and obviously that reputation was was my favorite yeah Mm -hmm. so it's just like Also, the thing I find fun about it is I can find Evermore and like folklore in it and 1989 and Mutation and Red. It feels like a little bit of all of it. And I think that's the point. Like she's capturing 13 sleepless nights throughout her life. It should sound a little bit like all of her albums. And I think that's part of the reason why it's kind of addictive because the more you listen to it, the more you're like, wait, 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 like it still sounds like Taylor Swift, but it's like everything that we love about her and just more. Mm-hmm. So it's not really that different from anything she's ever done. It's just more of what she's always done. Yeah. And then the more I listen to it, the more I'm like making discoveries about the, you know, like about what the music is and the lyrics and the stories. And yeah, I love it. What's your current favorite track from the album? <laughs> or uh, top like three or something? Yeah. Uh, let me look. I know woulda, coulda, shoulda is still my top. Yes, I actually think that is now my top favorite from the album. Yeah, I feel like it's not getting enough love because it's a bonus track. But oh my gosh. I, I love that song it's so It's devastating much. and beautiful. It is. It's literally compared to like all too well in my brain. Like they are the same. Yeah, I absolutely. And I love it so much. So I'm obsessed with that one. And then I'm trying to think. This is so hard. It is so hard. (laughs) I think probably Mastermind, even though I don't relate to it at all. I'm not a mastermind, but I think that's one of the reasons like there's a lot of like like, TikToks that have been about it where they're like, I did this and this and this and that's how I got my husband to fall in love with me. And I'm just like, what? (laughs) I've seen some people be like, some of these things you're confessing like... Uh-uh. <laughs> like that is horrible and I thought that was really funny yeah so I think like the thought behind it is kind of cool that it's like I planned it all out but then I love the part where she's like you knew the entire time I love that yeah. it's like you knew that I was trying to play you and you didn't care like you were just in on it the whole time and then honestly I would say like Bejeweled but I haven't been playing that one as much I lately Bejeweled. the one that I've been obsessed with is Glitch oh <gasps> yes yes it's so that thing that happens in the second verse in the vocals it's it's like it's (laughs) ear cotton candy i love it (laughs) i know it's so catchy and it's like the cutest little love song it's adorable and it's like it's Uh been how many 600 and something days of our love 2190 days of our love blackout that's adorable 
it's just is so adorable. cute. Also, I noticed something. I, I haven't seen so much. anyone bring this up. But do you remember when she posted huh. like the this love or whatever it was TikTok where it like glitched yes. and the glitched? It's yes. in, that's her Spotify video for glitch. And I was I, like, why are we talking that, about this? I'm like this little devil. Like you, mastermind you. <laughs> I know. I just it's cute. I love the line like I was supposed to sweat you out like because she's just like I was just supposed to like hit it and quit it like you were just supposed to get like off my mind and then then she's like we've been in love for six years. Some of my favorites obviously woulda coulda shoulda. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh that I think that is now like my here let me look up my stats for Spotify because I want to see. So if I go for the last six months yep my most stream tracks are woulda coulda shoulda antihero you're on your own kid and then lavender haze and then karma then midnight rain and then bejeweled which like actually i'm like yeah this is like my ranking i think that's great then snow on the beach dear reader yep these are like snow on the beach the order i don't love snow on the beach i i agree yeah Yeah. absolutely agree that's the only one that i'm like mediocre on i'm like oh yeah yeah i was a little i was a little maybe disappointed of what that song ended up being but like i still liked it i don't skip it maybe a little but there's no no skips for me i have not listened through an entire time and skipped a single song and that's insane to me no i love it i love these songs i like that you like glitch too i love dear reader that is one that i don't think people have been giving a lot of love but i really really feel like that is taylor swift being very very personal in it and i love it it's really sweet too it's like her talking to us directly and the line is so heartbreaking is like you should find another guiding light but i shine so bright and oh like it's yeah it's very sad and like the way that there's good advice intermixed with the bad advice and i know that's like kind of supposed to show just that like she's not something to be put on the pedestal she is just a human being and that means she's going to give good advice she's going to give bad advice she's going to be wrong and she's going to be right and I think Mm -hmm. she actually acknowledges her fame in a very thoughtful way on this album that yeah like as a fan and I think that's what it is I think as a fan I feel like this is like the most personal Taylor Swift has ever been with us and the most like like I said she acknowledges her fame in ways that I don't feel like she has in the past and is like honest about how she really feels about it beyond like the typical like oh I just want to be left alone and don't want people reading into my relationship it feels like a very thorough analysis and like a very and herself recognizing her own faults in mm-hmm. a way. Do you Agreed. know what I'm saying? Does that yeah. make sense? No, completely. I will say something that's been kind of funny to see is a lot of people giving hate to like specific lines. Uh, <laughs> so sexy baby, is that what you're referring yeah, to? Yeah, sexy baby and anti-hero, which I mean, I it was a little thrown off. But once I like got what she was it. going for, I was like, oh, oh, OK. Like, <laughs> get what she's yeah, like, obviously, it feels weird to hear someone refer to something as a sexy baby. But like, yeah, it's so obvious. And, and I've heard people be like, just because you know what she means doesn't mean it's a good line. And I don't have a problem with it. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. bother me at all, actually. Because I was like, how else so, would she have whatever. explained it? Like when all of these literal children yeah. are going viral on TikTok and they're the most popular and she's like a 34-year-old woman. To them, they're babies. They're little they're little 16-year-olds. Like how else would you describe They're it? little sexy babies. Yeah, <laughs> and it's weird. It's weird. So I get what she's saying. She's like I feel like this monster on the hill, especially cuz she's like 6 feet tall and like 
Yeah. <laughs> she feels too big to be around anyone because she's established such a name for herself that like she feels too large. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Some of the others are like draw the cat eye sharp enough to kill a man, <laughs> which to be honest, I loved it. Yeah, me too. I was totally here for it. And this is like a good separation between I think the casual Taylor Swift fans because people were so shocked for these like kind of campy lyrics, which I think that is like a fun thing about that ties all of these pop stars together is they they yes. do have very campy traits about their music, but they embrace it. And I think it was so funny to like see the internet be like, oh, this is kind of cringy. This is kind of chuggy. And I'm like, have you did you not hear Shake It Off? I you know we're never eating like that's she's been doing this stuff the like, entire time <laughs> when I heard that line I smiled because I was like she's back like <laughs> yeah that's what I was thinking <laughs> in my head because I was like she literally used to always write stuff like this it's everywhere in her music like it's everywhere that's who she is she's like kind of cringy and she loves it and that's what like all of her stuff has been about that she's like yeah you know what like that's just who I am so I was just like that's just know, who I am I'm here for it or like all the people who are like karma is a cat like that's such i'm like do you think taylor Swift is being dead serious when she wrote that line like she probably wrote that line and put that in the album because she thought it was hilarious and it oh, is yeah. funny it karma is, funny. is a cat purring in my lap because it loves it me. loves me <laughs> i love it also i, I wanted it. to talk about that song because a lot of people have been like what do you mean like karma is my boyfriend karma is a god but then i heard someone talk about the fact that like boyfriend by justin bieber is owned by Scooter Braun. <laughs> God is a Woman by Ariana Grande, owned by Scooter Braun. Like, it is a direct <laughs> dig <laughs> everything he owns. And then I love the part, she's like, karma's a relaxing thought. Aren't you envious that for you it's not? I think the most petty line in that is, my pennies made your crown. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm like you go taylor swift your pennies did make scooter's crown yes and like the don't you know that cash isn't the only prize i yes. keep my side of the street clean and you wouldn't know what i mean you wouldn't know what i mean yeah yes. like that whole song is just like a dig at him and it's hilarious <laughs> like i love karma yeah i've also fun. i also had a couple people message me and be like oh my gosh, Taylor Swift tried on Petty Pop. And like people messaged me being like, I thought of you. And I was like, wow, I love you personally. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. So I'm like, the Petty Pop brand is strong and mm -hmm. Taylor Swift is a part of it. <laughs> Agreed. Um, something else about Vigilante that's really funny to me. I've heard someone, they did like a compilation of clips with it talking about Kanye and Kim instead of like yeah. Scooter Braun and his wife. And I kind of love it more <laughs> because Kanye is in a complete downfall right now and like the fact yeah. that she's like she had the envelope she gets the house gets the kids gets the pride picture me thickest thieves with your ex-wife and like back in the evermore era I think Kim had a video of her in the car like singing along to like folklore and evermore really yeah and then like and she looks so pretty pretty driving in your bends and like she oh, did get the car driving yeah uh -huh. like she got the car in the whole thing too so that's hilarious i love that and then i've also seen a comparison of question talking about selena gomez and justin bieber justin bieber i have seen that and i yeah. loved that one too because <laughs> i was like yeah that fits. <laughs> Like, yeah, I they remember did kiss, that. And then, yeah. So I just thought that was cool that, like, people are finding other comparisons that work in different ways. 
and that that's really fun yeah I love it I am a very big fan of this album I'm very happy it is here also can we talk about how the bejeweled music video totally hints at speak now Taylor's version it's next we all know I'm so excited (laughs) I'm so excited to hear those vault tracks (laughs) agreed yeah, she literally like threw it in everyone's face. I don't know how you could be like. And I liked yeah. that because I she like promoted the music video. It was like, this is for you, my fans. Mm-hmm. And it was with very obvious telling Easter eggs. I thought it was very fun. And yes. As a fan, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Agreed. A lot of people missed that she had the orchestra version of Long Live playing in the end with the dragons. Yeah. And I thought that, uh-huh. that was like one of the part, parts that like tied it up for me the most. I was like, well, she started with an orchestra track, ended with an orchestra track. They're both from Speak Now. That's I think I heard. Next. Yeah, yeah. Because the Enchanted yes. started out. That was, that was so fun. Mm-hmm. I also Amazing. think 1989 isn't that far behind it. I wonder if she is going to try and release all the Taylor's versions before she goes on tour or what I the game plan see for that it. is the only one i could see her Me waiting too. for is maybe reputation just because i think she knows that one's oh. gonna like do really well like sales wise and everything i think that one will be a big debut yeah whereas the other ones i think she can kind of get away with a little bit more of a casual release almost like fearless taylor's version where it was like still a big deal but like kind of it wasn't nearly the amount of press yeah. she did for red true i mean it still did very well on the charts but (laughs) but i think we're probably getting speak now and then 1989 like ridiculously close to each other i think so too i wonder if she's gonna just like try and get them all out do the eras tour and then who knows what she'll do next probably something new anyway i'm Mm. excited for whatever music video comes next because i'm sure we're getting another one happy it's here happy it exists happy it exists indeed (sighs) well if you're a fan of any of these albums come join us on instagram we're gonna be talking about them yeah share your favorites <laughs> and share your favorites i want to know your favorite songs i it's been fun to see like on tiktok some people have kind of been like oh like carly's ray jepson's my favorite pop album that came out and i mean while personally i'm a swifty first and foremost i do like that all of them are finding their fans and finding their audiences because we don't have to you know pick one we, we all don't. women can rise the tides together yeah. and I yeah it's been fun to see that's the fun part about Spotify in a lot of ways to me is it's like it's not like you have to go out and you only have enough money to buy one CD and so you have to pick yeah. you know like they're mm-hmm. all there you can listen to all of them if you're going on a long car ride and like people are gonna throw a fit yep. if you play Taylor Swift first off get new friends but second you can put on Carly Rae yeah. Jepsen's <laughs> album and it's just a fun <laughs> pop album you can listen to <laughs> so and then get new friends yes so because if your friends ever tell you that you shouldn't be listening to taylor swift then you really need to reevaluate the relationships you have in your life (laughs) i personally think so as well yes anyways well we will be back next week with our little bit more usual scheduled content of historical and Mm. forgotten women from history but for now hope you enjoyed our little pop moment because i know i did my favorite thing to talk about And we'll be back next Monday. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family 
cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.